Hello, and welcome to The Practical Prophetic, where prophetic ministry is made practical. I'm Beth Wingate, I'm your host, and welcome to the podcast. In this week's podcast, I want to go back to our Hebrew definitions for prophesying or to prophesy or prophet in your Bible. And those definitions, uh, we're going to go to the Strong's Concordance and look at the Hebrew word. And we've been focused in on the Hebrew root word, Naba. It's Strong's H5012. And it means to be inspired of the Holy Spirit, to speak or sing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And we, our goal is to make that very applicable, to keep it very simple, and to focus in on that word. And we said that in Hebrew, that you have root words, and they're like foundational words. And you can add on to their meaning with an expounded definition, but you can never take away from the root word. And so uh, we can't lose focus that that means someone who is inspired of the Holy Spirit. And in one of our podcasts, we focused in on sort of the unexpounded definition of Naba, and we talked about Navi, the prophet, that there's the prophet in the sense of capital T, the prophet, and that that was someone who is a spokesperson for the Lord. And that typically would be someone who has sort of a national vision, and that Strong's H. 5030 Navi. And so the Navi, the prophet, he is a spokesman for God and he has a, a national message and sometimes even a global message. I think of uh, someone that would sort of epitomize capital T, the prophet, you know, would be Elijah. He is the prophet. He was the spokesperson for the people. Uh, Samuel would fit that bill. Uh, Moses would fit that bill. There's several people, uh, Nathan. There's people in your Bible who are the prophet. Um, And I even think of modern prophets. Do we have some people in the church today that sort of have a national message from God? Um, I would say that uh, Jonathan Kahn fits that bill. Cindy Jacob when he was alive, David Wilkerson. And there was a time that David Wilkerson was uh, controversial because he had some uh, some serious warnings for the church and the things he, were sa- he was saying in the, in the 80s seemed very far-fetched. But we know now today that a lot of what he said has come to pass. And so we need to heed the voice of the prophets and we need to test the prophets. You know, check it against the Word of God. You know, don't take everything at face value. But those are some that I think uh, definitely fit that bill. So I want to introduce us to another expounded definition of Naba. Again, Naba is H5012. Well, we have another expanded definition that I want to touch on today, and that's going to be in the word. It's Nabuah, and it's Strong's H5012. So I'm going to go ahead and let the man say that for us in Blue Letter Bible. Strong's H 5016. Nevuah. Nevuah. And this one is a little different from 5012 because it speaks of 
a prediction. I'm going to read you the Strong's definition of 5016 Nabiwa, and it means a prediction or a prophecy, uh, typically which is spoken or written. And I'm going to also go to the, uh, the, the lexicon, and it says to predict by a prophet. So pretty simple definitions. This is used just a couple of times in your Bible, but I thought I would just bring this in because a lot of times when people hear about prophecy, they think of the end times, future events in the church, and uh, we think of it in that sense. And typically that would be brought by someone who is in quote capital T, the office of a prophet. However, this is where where I want to sort of camp out and, and spend some time. The word, let me just give you the uh, de definition for prediction, because sometimes we have a skewed definition of what we think things mean, but when we actually look them up, we find, oh, okay. Uh, so let me give you that. So a prediction is something that is predicted or forecast. You know, a for I think of the weather when I think of prediction, you know, just like a weatherman can forecast or predict the future, you know, he is calculating based on his analysis and his study of weather patterns, what he thinks will happen. Well, a prediction is much the same way. It's a forecast. And I think sometimes we have the idea in the church that if it doesn't happen, you know, uh, when, it, when someone's prophetic and they say something that doesn't happen exactly the way that they say, then um, then we just throw them out. And I don't know that that's wisdom. You know, let's, let's go to the scripture that talks about testing the prophets. And let's examine that. So in 1 John 4, 1, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Um, and it goes on to say that there will be false prophets. So I want you to understand that we need to always balance what anyone says against the Word of God and, and make sure that it lines up with the Word of God. That's just wisdom. I think that's, that's just something we all need to be aware of. And I'm also going to read this in Matthew 7, 15. It says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. So we need to be wise. We need to uh, test the spirits just like it said in the Bible. And so we understand that, you know, not everyone comes with pure motives, pure intentions. You know, some people, uh, there, there's a, I've heard people say they prophesied instead of prophesied uh, because, uh, you know, some people will tell you what they think you want to hear, especially we've seen that abuse sometimes in the prosperity message that uh, people will, you know, prophesy Cadillacs and things. And that's just, that's not, that does not line up with Word of God. So we just need to balance everything with wisdom. But I want to get back to uh, prophesying. And I wanted to also talk about this. So about it, about this, this word, Nabuah, is being a prediction. Or I, I really like the word forecast. I think that really better fits than even the word prediction. We need to understand that prayer can change things. A prophet can prophesy something. And things can change dependent on the people. That's how wonderful the grace of God is. Let me give you some examples out of the Bible so you know exactly what I'm saying. Let me give you the most common example. It's going to be found in Exodus 32. So when Moses came down from Mount Sinai after receiving the Ten Commandments, you know, he found the people worshiping the golden calf. And uh, the Lord 
wanted to kill the people and Moses pled on their behalf and it says in Exodus 32:14 and the Lord changed his mind about the disaster he planned to bring on his people. So prayer can change things. Intercession can change things. You know, there could have been a prophet that says, you know, God is going to destroy the people. God had even told them, you know, when you do these things, this is going to happen. But uh, Moses pled on behalf of the people and it said God changed his mind. Let me give you another example. King Saul in 1 Samuel 15, 11, this is God talking in the Bible. He says, I regret that I made Saul king, for he has turned his back from following me and has not carried out my commands. But Samuel cried out to the Lord all night. You know, there can be these situations where things can change. God, I believe, gives us free will, and that sort of leaves things a little open and dependent on us. The Lord, of course, He can do whatever He wants, but He He chooses to work through people. He chooses to give us a choice. Things are sort of dependent upon those things. You know, the Bible even says, you know, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear them. And so, you know, it's if, if my people. And so we, we have to pay attention to those, those things. And by the way, that particular passage is speaking to the church. If my people, uh, sometimes we think that it's dependent on the world, but it's dependent on us. But I digress. Anyway, back to our word Nabuah. So this is a, a prediction, a future prediction. Now, this is often the type of prophecy that uh, you may be familiar with when it comes to the end times. Uh, I will just tell you that even back in my youth group days, you know, I was someone who really liked to, to listen to Perry Stone and people like that and end times people. I, I've always been a little interested in eschatology, which that's just the fancy word for the study of end times. And that definitely falls under the category of prophecy because those are future events. And I want to touch real quick on, on time. We have to, if we're talking about future events, we have to talk about the element of time. We have to understand that in the realm of the kingdom, or you may call it the spirit realm, or the realm of eternity, that we have to understand that it is outside of time. Billy Brown sort of says it this way, and by the way, she's someone I love to listen to. She says that God dispensed time for his dealings with man, but that God himself is outside of time. You know, we, I don't know that, you know, we can understand all of this fully because it is so so beyond our reach, but um, we, we don't have the full grasp of time because we're confined within time. But uh, I could give you so many examples of how time is relative. I'll give you a quick example that I've heard many times that basically uh, if you took, you know, science, based on Einstein's theory of relativity, that if you took two identical twins and let's say they were astronauts and you put one in a spaceship and you sent him, you know, into the far reaches of outer space and uh, he went into outer space and he came back and let's say it took, you know, five years for his journey. The twin here on Earth will have aged five years, but the astronaut that you sent into orbit, he will have only aged, you know, half of the time or some formula like that, meaning time is relative. Another example would be if I get in an airplane and I fly to Australia, which is technically already in tomorrow, <laughs> I could technically be here in the United States today, get on an airplane within the same 24-hour period, 
fly to Australia, Australia and be in tomorrow. You know, that's, time is relative. It depends on where you're at. So that's just one clue about the timelessness of God, maybe that can help us understand that. But God is outside of time. He's in our past, He's in our present, and He's in our future all at the same time. And so uh, that I believe that having a grasp of, of the prophetic, and this is the part I want to key in on you, you know, having a grasp of the prophetic means every time I open my mouth, I am prophesying my future. That's why it's so important to speak the anointing of the Holy Spirit, to speak and proclaim good things, to, to always be speaking life, abundant life, to, to not speak death and destruction and doom and gloom. You know, we need to watch the words of our mouth. You know, let me give you some scriptures about that. Uh, Psalms 141.3 says, Set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. You know, what you say, your mouth is like a gateway, like a door, and it matters what goes in and what goes out. You know, I gave an example uh, in one of the other podcasts that I was doing some work in the yard and I had a seed spreader and I had a vision sort of of, of that seed spreader being like my, those seeds being like words that were broadcast out. You know, it's called a seed broadcaster. You know, you, you put the seeds out. And so it matters if I'm putting fruitful, good seed in the ground or am I putting weeds all over the ground? And if you've ever had to weed a garden, you know that it one little weed taking hold can do a lot of damage in a garden. Let me give you some more scriptures because this is good. Uh, Proverbs 12, 14 says, wise words bring many benefits. Uh, Proverbs 13, 3 says, the one who guards his mouth preserves his life and the one who opens wide his lips comes to ruin. Man, there's so many good, uh, good scriptures about our words and it matters what we say, speaking life all the time, because we're really speaking to our future. It says that in Proverbs 18, 21, it says the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. Fruit, You know, it matters. Our words so matter. Um, I can give you so many of examples of how this works in your in your life, but I'll give you one. You know, my mom, uh, she really took hold of this. Uh, my grandmother was a precious lady, but she she would speak, you know, a lot of negativity and say things, you know, in a, a negative way and didn't really mean to. It was just sort of the way she was brought up. But when my mom got a hold of the faith message, you know, one of the things she began to do was to speak life, you know, and to say, I am blessed. Uh, you know, she would say, um, you know, y you are blessed. You, God has a purpose for you to, you know, every morning she'd say, today is your day for an A, you know, <laughs> that you are favored and you walk in the favor of God and that God will strengthen your memory, you know, for your schoolwork or whatever. And so that was such an encouragement. You know, we have to speak life. I have a, I have someone I know in my life who, um, she doesn't mean to, but she, she speaks very critically and, and she'll say things even in a joking way, you know, that her son is a terror or he's a demon, you know, and inside my spirit, I'm, ah, you know, don't do that. You need to be speaking life. Um, I'm very careful, you know, to say positive and encouraging things to, to my children. And so we need to make that a habit, uh, because that is good seed in the ground. And I'll even say this, you know, we, we use church lingo sometimes, but this is just so practical and so good. We need to be careful what we partner with 
with our mouth. You know, sometimes people can say, um, oh, he'll never amount to anything. Well, we don't need to partner with that. Do not say that. You know, no. That, that may be what man says, but that is not who God has called you or created you to be. You will amount to something. God did create you with a purpose. You are special. And that, my friends, is a form of Nabuah. It's a prediction. It's a forecast that you are going in the direction that God called you to go, that you're going you're gonna, to um, be on a good path path. That can be a form of prophesying to your own future. I believe in speaking life. You know, just going and applying everything we've talked about, Naba, and, and then partnering that with Nabuwa, that expanded definition. We can walk into a room and we can begin to prophesy the future. We can begin to speak life. You are going to get that job. I believe you're going to get that raise in Jesus' name. You know, God has called you for great things. You know, I want to be around people like that, so I've become a person like that. And so I would encourage you to do the same. You know, begin to speak things into being that line up with the Word of God for people. You know, I, I'm always uh, asking people about their dreams, and then I begin to speak. You know, it just becomes anointed. You can have an anointing for that, to prophesy life to people, to prophesy their future, their forecast. You know, you are an overcomer. You are a child of God. You know, you need to encourage people. People, uh, there's a quote that says, Be kind for everyone you meet is fighting their own battle that you know nothing about. Well, that's true. And so we need to be encouragers in this life. People have a lot of stuff that they just deal with in everyday life, whether it be from their family, their job, you know, whatever. So you need to be a bright spot. We need to be a ray of sunshine everywhere we go, straight from heaven. And everything should point people back to Jesus, you know. God put purpose in you. We need to call that purpose out and speak it and, and partner with the good things that God has put in people already. I mean, that's that's a whole encouraging message in and of itself. So just speaking life has so much power, and that is a form of prophecy. You know, when uh, I can just think of so many examples. I have a friend who, you know, they were uh, had been in ministry school, and for a season they were not ministering. Uh, you know, I just began to partner with her and begin to speak life with her that God put that desire in you. It's a righteous desire. He called you to ministry, that He's going to provide the platform for you to do that. You know, we begin to speak about it, and within six months, they were in a ministry position because they begin to, to first of all, you have to believe and then you speak just like at salvation if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth well it's the same thing with nabuwa we begin to talk about our future and of course it applies to end times but i'm i'm uh, for, for the sake of this podcast i'm more interested in the life application you know personal application of prophecy in my life and that would be such a big one it's just speaking life speaking things that are not as though they were and so walking in faith, living a lifestyle of what I call the prophetic lifestyle of encouragement in life and destiny. And so what greater gift can you give to someone to enter a room and to, um, to begin to call out and speak their destiny? There's so much power in words. We just have to get our heads wrapped around that and understand that, that we can actually walk into a room and prophetically, supernaturally, Give people that Naba word, that Nabuwa, future prediction that you 
are going to, you know, excel, that you are going to be successful, that you are going to be an overcomer, that God is going to bless you and give you favor. You know, we need to begin to walk in that. There's a lot of negativity out in the world, and we, and I even see some in the church, you know, and so we need to be, we need to be a, a mission focused every day on how we can begin to speak life and change the future. Um, if you keep doing the same things, you'll get the same results. So you've got to change. You've got to apply the Word of God. There's so much power in just speaking the Word of God. Uh, um, I would say a great place to start is Jeremiah 29:11. You know, it says, "For I know the plans I have for you," declares the Lord, "plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to bless you, you know, to give you a hope and a future." That's a great scripture to, to camp out in and speak over your life. So that's that's something we need to aspire to do. So one way we can start walking in Nabuah, that, that prophetic prediction or forecast, is by our words. Well, let's examine another way. Another way is through our actions. So I want to camp out here a little bit and talk about prophetic acts, things we can do that, that will begin to prophesy our future. Something that I, I think of some Bible characters, one would be Abraham. You know, God called him and basically said, let's go on a journey. Not And, and Abraham really didn't know. He was just a walk of faith that he had. Another one is, is David. You know, David, um, when he went to take his brother's food, you know, he saw that Goliath was taunting the children of Israel. And, you know, he volunteered. He had faith. He said, well, I'll take him on. And that just seemed outlandish. Well, acts, I mean, actions. Actions, you know, speak louder than words. And so we need to put action to our faith. I think sometimes I hear a lot of Christians just kind of wait, thinking that uh, that their answers will just fall out of heaven. But, you know, the Bible says in, in James 2, 14, that, that faith without works is dead. You know, we have to, uh, we have to apply faith. We have to apply, uh, you know, works. We have to begin to step out. The way I look at it is sometimes we have to begin to to make changes. I went through a season in my life where we, we went through uh, some sort of changes. We didn't necessarily see them coming. It was a decision to change a church. And, you know, I just made the decision to to embrace the change that God had in this new season in my life. And so I actually, as a prophetic act, just from, you know, symbolic act for myself, I went and bought a new pair of shoes. And I picked something very different than I would normally wear. And every time I wore those, that was sort of a reminder to myself that I'm in a new walk. I'm in a new season. God is taking me on a, on an Abraham faith walk where I don't exactly know how things are going, but, but that my steps are ordered by the Lord. I say embrace change when it comes. You know, this is a this is an act of faith that if if I want to be successful, well then I need to present myself successfully. I need to, you know, dress for the job or, you know, whatever, you know, but but put some legs to what's going on inside of you, you know, put put some work behind it. There can be all kind of things that happen in our life, but let's just say it's a job that, that you've been asking the Lord to bless you and, and, and you, you know, want to have a new job for better opportunities for your family and you begin to speak it. That's that's the first thing you begin to speak, you know, Lord, give me favor, you know, show me what I can do, you know, lead me, guide me, whatever. And, and you begin to pray those things. Well, you also need to put some legs to that. You need to put some work and, and some act to it. So I would say that, you you know, number one, you begin to create a good resume, you know, 
cast the net. You know, go look for look for those jobs. Um, begin to 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 network or you know whatever to dress for as if you're already in that position and and you know put put some work with it. I always look at it like this: that sometimes we have to open the door. <laughs> to see what's on the other side and begin to walk until the Lord says, nope, not this way. You need to come this way. But I've also found that it's a step of faith. And if we had all the answers, we wouldn't need the Lord. And so we want Him to get the glory for everything that He does in our life. So we need to put, put some action to our faith. And so those are things that can actually be a form of Nabuwa, that we can, we can prophesy our future with our words and with our actions. And, and that's, uh, that's the, the, the type of Nabawa I want us to focus in. Now, of course, it also applies to, like I said, the end times or a prophecy for the church from like a capital TV prophet, you know, where, where someone gives uh, a word to, to a nation or to a church or a large body of state or whatever and, and says, you know, that you have not kept my commandments and God has said that these judgments will follow or whatever. Um, that's also a form of Nabawa. And before I leave you, though, I want to touch on some other things, too, that there can be false prophets. I want to talk about, of course, we understand that that happens on the national level and that happens sometimes with big names, but I want to bring it down, you know, bring the airplane down to 10,000 feet and look at how that can apply to our personal life. The, the Word of God is very clear that in the, in the last days there will be other voices out there. You know, we've talked many times about the scripture that says, my sheep know, know my voice, but another voice they won't follow. Always check anything, even especially prophetic, but teaching, you know, whatever, preaching, always check it against the Word of God. The Word of God is the plumb line, and it has to line up with the Word of God or it's, or it's false, and, and you need to not partner with something that is false. And so we need to always be balancing and weighing and, and checking things against the Word of God. We know we gave scriptures earlier about testing the prophets. Test that against what? Against the Word of God. And there can be people in your life that will tell you things that they want you to hear, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's from the Lord. There is a way that seems right to man, but in the end it is death. So we don't always go by logic because that can be misleading. We need to go by the Word of God and we need to go by the character of God. And, and when someone gives you a word, you know, here's some basic rules. Number one, it should line up with the Word of God and the character and nature of God. Uh, number two, oftentimes this should really be confirmation to you for something God's already showing you. For example, a minister should not be, you know, a prophetic person should not be coming to you and saying, you know, you're supposed to be a missionary in India, you know, and God's never put that on your heart. That would be very unusual. So it should, it should really confirm the things God's already spoken to you. Um, another, another just sort of rule is a uh, Look at the person's character and lifestyle. They should have godly character and lifestyle that lines up with the Word of God so that not only the message, but the messenger uh, lines up with God. Now, that is not a hard rule because we know that uh, the Lord spoke through Balaam. Um, Sometimes the, the messenger is, you know, has issues, but the message is still sound. But as a rule, I would say, especially in the arena of personal prof prophecy, um, if someone... 
if it doesn't bear witness with me, it doesn't line up with the Word of God, and they have questionable character, you know, I, I would reject that and, and not partner with that. But if it's something, you know, someone's giving you an encouraging word and God has already uh, been dealing with you about this and it lines up with the word of God and uh, that just becomes confirmation to you, then partner with that and receive that. So, of course, we just keep everything balanced. I think that's just wisdom to be balanced in our approach to everything. But I just wanted to spend some time with you in this podcast about Nabawab, about speaking to your future, and especially in the arena of, of our words. You know, faith is a journey. And so um, we have God created each and every one of us because he has a purpose for us. You know, God created man because he has so much love and he wanted a family and he wants good things for us and he wants to bless us. But he also gave us parameters for our own good to live our lives inside of. And, and so when we are obedient to the Lord and we are living righteous, and like I said, that doesn't mean perfect. It just means in right standing with God that God wants to bless us and he wants good things for us. And he has a, a purpose or a mission or, or a commission for each and every one of us. And part of that is to partner with the kingdom of heaven to bring Jesus to the earth and to show God's love to people. And so that's one of our missions. Another mission is for your family. You know, God wants you to have a family and to love them and bless them and and, uh, and then, you know, extend that out to your friends and your neighbors and co-workers and people you go to church with and, and you know, to the whole world. And so so we all have a mission. Uh, we're, we're to be ambassadors of heaven everywhere we go. And so we need to be, a like I said, a ray of sunshine, a ray of heaven here on the earth with the love of Jesus shining through us in this dark world and so we need to be mindful of our mission and we need to uh, we need to walk in the in the things that God has for us and and one way we do that is how we speak and how we behave and so we just need to to prophesy our future by speaking the things that God would have us to say and really this just boils down again to the fruit of the spirit um, that's that's how you know you're speaking the right things is the fruit of the spirit you know we need to we need to be mindful of what those are in our Bible and and I'm just going to camp out right here and talk about the fruit of the spirit so what is the fruit of the spirit uh, this is found in Galatians chapter 5. The fruit of the Spirit is very simple. In verse 22 and 23, it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. So we need to walk in love. We need to be speaking love everywhere we go. Joy. Um, you know, I see so many people that, that speak so negatively and they, they're sort of always critical and, and competitive. And, you know, that's God wants us to bring joy everywhere we go. We need to, that's that's a form of prophesying our future. Peace, uh, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You know, those are the things that this is the, the right way to live and to speak is, is to be uh, walking in the fruit of the Spirit everywhere we go. 
uh, and that is a form of prophesying your future. I also want to talk real quick about Romans 8. I love Romans 8. We know that that's being led by the Spirit and not by our emotions. That's another way we prophesy our future is we partner with the Spirit of God and, and let that uh, dictate the course of our life and not our emotions. And so that's a wonderful wonderful way to just walk and live you know it says in romans 8 5 it says those who live live according to the flesh have their minds set on fleshly desires but those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires the mind governed by the flesh is death but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace in fact it even goes on to say that the mind governed by the spirit by, by the flesh is hostile to god because it does not submit to god's law nor can it those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please god you however are not in the realm of the flesh but you are in the realm of the spirit if indeed the spirit of god lives in you and if anyone does not have the spirit of christ they do not they do not belong to christ but if christ is in you then even your body is subject to death because of sin but the spirit gives life because of righteousness and if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead is living in you he who raised christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you therefore brothers and sisters we have an obligation but it is not to the flesh to live according to it for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if by the spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body you will live uh, i just have to stop right there and say you know i get a visual picture of crucifying my fleshly you know thoughts and emotional thoughts and desires and sort of putting them quote on the altar and letting my spirit man be led of the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought you uh, brought about your adoption to sonship, and by Him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. If we are God's children, and then we are His heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Indeed, we share in His sufferings in order that we may also share in His glory. So it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's That's the goal. That's the idea. And so we need to be led by the Spirit which means we will produce the fruit of the Spirit. And then that will begin to come out of the things we say and the things we do. And that will begin to change your future. It's that simple. And that, my friends, is Nabuat. That is a form of prophecy. That when we begin to be led by the Spirit and we begin to speak and act on spiritual things, positive, good things, things from heaven, then it will affect our future. Those seeds will produce good fruit in our life, and you will change your future. I look at so many people. I, I went to a family reunion not too long ago, and we have some family members who are good people, uh, really sweet people, but um, they they don't understand these principles, and um, but for the grace of God, go go I, because they, um, they just... They, they were very critical. They spoke a lot of negativity. They uh, complained a lot and were sort of downtrodden. And a lot of them, you know, had issues with depression and health issues. And, and, and that sort of dominated the conversation. And when I got back into my car, it was like I took a big deep sigh and was like, thank you, Lord, for the work you've done in my life, um, that I, I, I live a different 
lifestyle. I, I walk in the fruits of the Spirit. I have a, a lifestyle of peace and love and joy, and I can't imagine, you know, uh, having having it any other way. And after, you know, just seeing the contrast in, in those people, it was like, wow, you know, God is so good, and He's done so many good things for me. And so hopefully that will compel you to share your faith and to begin to give people uh, a little Naba nuggets whenever you can of encouraging people or witnessing to people and sharing the love of Jesus because God is good and He has good things for us. And we need to hear that. We need to remind ourselves of that, that we live in a dark world. You know, I said that uh, one of my favorite scriptures, 1 John 2.8, it says, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. We need to remember that, that we, that the kingdom of heaven is in each and every one of us, and we are to be a light in the dark world, that, 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 that Jesus has won. I've read the end of the book, and we win, and so we need to remember that. So I just want to leave you with that and encourage you to prophesy to your future and begin to speak life into other people's future. That's a nabuwa. That's a forecast, a prediction. And our words have power. You know, when we when we line them up with the power of the of the word of God and the Holy Spirit, our words have power and we can change our future. But it begins with first of all prayer, being in the word, worshiping the Lord, believing that in your heart, speaking it out of your mouth and then putting those things to work and so watching you have you know the word works but you have to work the word and so i would just encourage you to have a nabua moment this week if you enjoyed this podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button so next time i post you will be informed thank you for listening and also if you would like to send me an email you can do so at beth wingate at aim.com. That's Beth Wingate, B-E-T-H-W-I-N-G-A-T-E at aim, A-I-M dot com. Beth Wingate at aim.com. Once again, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to subscribe and have a blessed day.